0: Kimo, how to Come on, bro. Hey, welcome to the podcast Woo, and let me tell you Bro, in, in, interesting kind of stuff's been happening You know, when I say interesting, I mean because I'm not used to this stuff <laughs> First of all, I'm not used to having my own show uh, I'm getting used to but because, you know, the podcast's been on for a while We've been doing this for a minute, okay But uh, we want to take a look at the analytics Now, the last country, okay Which, um, I don't know why, but the last country that joined us was Syria Syria! Right in between the missile attacks and everything, they listen to the podcast in Syria. But I, I don't know, but um, well, we you know, we, we wish you guys, uh, you know, we wish you guys blessings because nobody should go through that. Uh, Botswana, uh, Egypt, Thailand, Switzerland, Philippines, Vietnam, Russia, the list goes on. We don't want to bore you with the stats, okay? And then 23 to dead is our audience. Uh we have a couple seventeen year olds, I think. Uh, we show a small percentage of that. Now the females are gaining. Can okay, remember the females was twenty percent last podcast? Okay that, last week, okay they're twenty one percent now. Okay, so I don't know, but we and, and in the last twenty four hour period we had more than eight thousand plays in the last twenty four hours, okay? And then uh males coming in at seventy eight percent and uh non binary zero nine in nine Binary. Don't, don't ask me why. I don't know. I just do the podcast, Hawaiians. I don't do the stats. I do the podcast. So on today's podcast, right, because, you know, we was talking about corruption. We was talking about how you don't need to be hooked into the Ohana system in Hawaii, right? Now, for you people outside of Hawaii, the reason I tell you guys about Hawaii is because it's not just Hawaii. It's every place. It's politics, Okay, and I don't, I don't mean politics like running for office politics. I mean, there's politics in everything. There's politics in the office. You know, like, like I told you guys, right? That, that new guy in the office, and he wants to ace everything out, and he wants to make a good impression, and pretty soon, everybody starts hating on him. Why? Well, cause he's making more work for everybody, cause now everybody gotta level up the game, right? So, so those guys get a hard time. And that's one of the reasons. Not, not the reason, but it's one of the reasons why it's hard to, to move up the ladder. You know, when you're climbing the ladder, whatever, it's an imaginary thing, but when, when you're trying to get ahead, and you're trying to be the best you can be, you're trying to be the best dude you can be, best worker you can be, right? And then, and then all of a sudden, right? All of a sudden, you know, something happens, and then, then, yeah, then, oh! <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying too hard. and <laughs> Now everybody hates me. You see what I'm saying? Because now everybody got to work harder. It's the same every place, right? Because I used to think it was only here, like, you know, especially, like, right out of high school, right? I I thought, like, oh, Hawaii is like this, but Hawaii screwed up. Hawaii a... No, Hawaii is a beautiful place, okay? But one of the things about a small place, like, Hawaii is like a big, small town, Everybody's related, right? So you go an uncle, go in a state system, right? He's gonna pull in the cousins, He's gonna pull in everybody, because everybody, you know, it's about who you know, right? Life is about who you know, not what you know. Well, actually, actually, the what you know is starting to count now, especially with the young kids, right? Because it's technology, it's different now. Yeah, you gotta have politics, but you cannot be a total imbecile and have a job like the old days when you was grandfathered, right? Oh, bro. I can tell you stories, Owens. I can tell you stories, but that's not what this podcast is about. This podcast is about how I got to be the real life Charlie from Two and a Half Men. Yeah, you remember that? Men, 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 men. men. That 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 show. Yeah. So, and I didn't even know because I don't watch TV. I spent thirty years right around a blind man. Okay, and so. Uh, I never went movies, but I I didn't I didn't really believe in all that stuff The reason why I didn't go movies and the reason why I didn't watch too much TV um, the TV part was uh, I kind of did watch TV for a while even around uh, Wayne when he did move in with me and my fiance. And Wayne was blind brother Wayne. He was my for for those of you that know me um, I don't know. (laughs) There's probably just a handful of you guys listening, but uh, He was blind and he was a musical genius, and we set out on this road, and long story short, I took him out of the care home. I said, bye if you let go, we'll go. And I said, as long as I'm alive, you never have to go back to another care home as long as I live. And the reason why uh, is because it, it benefited both of us, right? He needed to get out and do his music. The, he was sleeping all day in a care home, and I, needed somebody to back me up, to to play music with me. And I didn't know at the time that he would end up backing me up with all kinds of stuff. I mean, he had some advice. I mean, he was older than me. He was like 11 years older than me. And so, you know, he filled me in on stuff. He taught me how stuff worked. He showed me stuff. And, you know, uh, and I taught him how to teach voice. And he taught me, you know, stuff about music and and recording, how to listen to, to sounds and stuff. I mean, it, it was awesome. It was awesome. And my fiance, you know, she was she was real cool about the whole thing, so we all lived together. And and we went down the road, right? So along the road, right, the politics stuff, he explained this stuff to me. But, you know, I didn't watch a lot of movies. I didn't go to movie because, you know, I'm not gonna take my friend, right? He's blind. We're going to movies. I went with my fiance. We were in movies. I went with other girls, we were in movies, but I didn't like go to the movies like other people. Like when I go to a movie, I think right now Right now, in two thousand twenty-one, I haven't been to a movie in maybe two years, and that's kind of how it was. You know, every once in a while, I'm like, hey, you know what? I haven't been to a movie for a while, baby. You know, call up, call up on chick, like, hey, you like go movies or what? Yeah, hey, we we'll go. You know, or just you know. And here's what you do with women, right? You don't make it seem like it's all her or what. They don't like that. They get uncomfortable. Call her up. Say, hey, you know what? I'm going to movies. You like come? There, yeah, boom. There you go. There you go, Hawaiians. Okay? Now, I got to clarify again for every show. I got to tell you guys, even if you're in Syria right now, you are an honorary Hawaiian. So, when I say Hawaiians, I talk it to everybody. Okay? When I say cousins, I talk it to everybody because we're all cousins. Believe it or not, the guys in Syria are related to you somewhere <laughs> somewhere along the line, bruh. Some, someplace. Okay? We're all related. We're all humans. Okay? We're all cousins. So when I say cousins, when I say Hawaiians, I'm talking to all you guys, okay? Then after the show, you guys can go back to being Syrians and Egyptians and, and all of you know, all these guy Israelis, you know. Oh man, and did you see is Israelis, right? They 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 bombing the temple, they they set the temple on fire, they're they doing all kinds of stuff. That's another podcast, Hawaiians. But I will tell you that they are following a script, okay? They're following a playbook. Alright, okay So prophecy is something that people make happen And it's also uh, in the holy books That you can change prophecy You can change it, okay uh, But there's people that, that like Okay, we're going to follow the book, alright It says this is going to happen We got to make them happen So <laughs> anyway But but so Charlie from Two and a Half Men, right Oh, Hawaiians So let me take you back to the very back To the very start of how jingles came to be for me so i used to watch this show when i was a kid and you old timers that listen because there's a couple of old timers now you guys listen from facebook and start the older <laughs> the older demos because I, I put you know i put, I put it out on uh, the older demo uh, social media outlets right because normally i hang out on tiktok and instagram and i'm banging with the you know, twenty, thirty year olds, <laughs> and then I go to Facebook, and those brothers are hardcore, man. Those uncles and aunties, oh man. Somebody, somebody made a reference the other day. I think it was yesterday, and she said "panty." She called this guy on "panty," and I'm like, oh man, okay, okay, okay. So, so anyway. So it's really hardcore when he this it is not politically correct on Facebook, okay, but it's different worlds. So anyway, sometimes I hang in that world, right? I usually hang in Facebook, and I have but I I, I put my emphasis in TikTok and Instagram. Anyway, so um, the way it started was back in the day. Okay, for you old timers, you guys remember a guy named Mac Davis? Now, for you guys that don't know who he is, okay, he was a country artist and he became very very popular with this song called baby don't get hooked on me okay and and it was it was a <laughs> back in the day that's a weird song okay so the, the 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 chorus of the song went baby baby don't get hooked on me you know and baby baby don't get hooked on me cuz i'll just use you and i'll set you free baby baby don't get hooked on me Okay, now, if you're listening to that in 2021, you'd be like, what? I mean, bro, we had songs, right? We had weird songs like, I'll be watching you every move you make, every step you take, right? Stalker songs. Like, they had weird, bro, they had weird The so Women were in an awkward position, bro. i tell you, they had songs. So, anyway, Mac Davis, right? He had that big hit song, and I think I was... 10, 11, 12. I don't know, I'm dating myself, but whatever. I don't care. <laughs> I don't give a rip. Boys. I don't give a rip. Anyway, so so he was he was very popular. And they gave him a TV show because back in the day they gave everybody a TV show. All these big stars, as soon as they hit, as soon as they was popular, they put them on TV. So, you know, you had Carol Burnett, you had Dean Martin, you had all these guys. They all Bobby Vinton, they all had all these old-timers. They all had TV shows. So, Mac Davis had his TV show. Now, at the end of his show, it was a variety show. So, every show that you saw, it was variety. They did a little singing, little dancing, a little comedy, right? Skits, all that stuff. And they had guests. They had special guests. Now, Mac Davis's show was a little bit different. He was a songwriter. So, at the end of his show, he used to sit down, right? Now, Carol Burnett did this, too. Carol Burnett was a comedian, a lady, right? A comedian. And at the end, she used to turn up the house lights and people could ask her questions about anything. And she would ask. She would answer, right? Now, Mac Davis was almost like that. But what he did was he sat down on the stage, right? Like real comfortable kind, like just sat down. And he would take titles from somebody in the audience. And, and he, I mean, off the wall kind of titles. And he would write a song around it on the spot. Right. And I thought I thought, whoa, I never saw anybody do that, right? And I go, Wow, this is cool. And he used to sit down and somebody used to say, like, you know, uh the you know, midnight, midnight express or midnight, midnight the midnight ride. And he used to make up this small thing, you know, maybe 15 seconds, 20 seconds. And it used to make sense, right? And I go, Wow, brother is talented. I wanna do that, right? So every time I got inspired. Okay, and this is the story of my life. Every time I got inspired by something or every time I thought something was cool, I wanted to do it. I saw a ventriloquist. I wanted to do it. right? Then I met a ventriloquist, Freddie Morris, and I pressured him into showing me how to do it. And then I did it. So that, and that's the only reason why I'm Hawaii's uh, only ventriloquist, because of Freddie. And, and, you know, it's an old school thing. I mean, I don't know any kids that really... I had one kid that was real interested and I taught him. But, um, you know, it's like, it's like magic. Nobody wants to teach you how. You know, so I had to pressure Freddie into showing me and then boom, he showed me and I took it from there. And thank you, Freddie. Uh, you know, I, I hope you can feel me somewhere in, uh, in, in, in the vibration in the universe. But thank you, I'm very grateful. Anyway, so Mac Davis used to do this. And I thought, wow, I like trying. Right. So I used to spend nights in my room with my guitar. Okay. Actually, it was my mother's guitar. And, um, I used to, I used to play. So I used to play, you know, doing these little ditties, right? They used to call them ditties, like jingles. And, and I used to, I used to invent titles. Okay. I'm going to invent. I'm going to do this. And I used to make the title and then try to make the song fit the title, like the TV show, right? So I used to imitate him. And every week I used to make sure. That if I was doing homework or whatever I was doing, I'd catch the last part of the show and watch what he's doing, right? Because I began thinking, like, hey, there's a secret to this thing. And there's really the only secret for those of you, like, if you guys like try or, you know, whatever. The only secret that I've discovered about that on the reel is that you got to find words that rhyme easily. Okay. So rhyme easily uh, for me was I-N-E sound. I N. Mine Time Line Fine You see like that And then then there's other You know Can You know when you're a small kid You got Rat Cat Sat Fat Right You know all of that Okay So it's kind of like that But a little bit more upgrade in the words You know what I mean So I started doing that I started You know I said okay I'm going to try them Try them So what happened was This was when I was like Maybe 11 11, 12 Something around there Right By the time I was 14 i got this stuff down. I could just sit in my room and I could make up songs. Like I would make up stuff, right? When I was 10 years old, I wrote my first two songs. And I didn't write songs again until I was about 14 years old. And when I was 14 years old, I fell in love (laughs) and I wrote songs. I I didn't didn't really fall in love. I, I was infatuated, right? I was infatuated with these howly girls that came down from the mainland. And and they came down for two weeks, right? And I used to show them around. We used to hang out. We used to date. We used to do all this romantic stuff. And I used to bring the guitar to the beach and serenade these girls. And, it, oh, man, I can't even tell you. There was one time when this guy was came looking for his daughter one night on the beach. And we were down by the river mountain. And, and she was wearing my shirt back because it was windy, right? It was cold. And so picture this alliance, right? A father, Right? comes down and, and you know and there was he there was from Colorado and he was really polite but they had to catch a flight the next day and and we was down you know doing our honey thing right and, and so she's wearing my shirt I had a checkerboard long sleeve shirt and and I gave her my shirt cuz she was cold right on the way back and so we was, we was on our way back and we saw this shadow walking down the beach and I'm like oh and you know down you know where we were at the beach that I used to be At night, there's nobody on the beach, right? So we saw, we saw this thing, and pretty soon she goes, oh, no, that's my dad. And I'm like, oh, here we go. I'm going to die, right? No, but he was was this nice guy. You know, nice, skinny guy, and, and, you know, and he... Oh, I did, you know, we, we have to catch a plane tomorrow morning, young lady. And, then, you know, and I'm standing there. It's kind of awkward, right? Awkward. And and so he, you know, and then that happened, right? So so I used to get involved in stuff like that, right? And then she gave me my shirt back and she started shivering and they, you know, he took her and they, they left. Uh, but anyway, so I used to serenade these girls and stuff like that, right? So that's that was my practice because I wanted to be an entertainer. That was my goal, yeah, I saw Frank Sinatra, I saw all these guys, I saw Don Ho, I saw all these, they're all singing to chicks, chicks falling all over these dudes, and I go, okay, I like be like that, right, so, anyway, so that was my training grounds, <laughs> that was my, that's what I did, so pretty soon, right, by the time I was 14, I started writing songs again, I just did two real simple songs, and I kind of fixed them up a little bit, you know, like, not too much, but just a little bit, and um so uh, i will be recording those songs pretty soon it's coming up on one of my albums but um it's going to be a solo acoustic unplugged album that we're working on and that's going to happen uh i think next year it's going to happen because we we're dropping uh we're dropping two more albums this year and then next year i'm I'm recording the unplugged one i'm practicing now i'm just trying to get it back you know uh anyway so now the, the songwriting thing. I started songwriting at, at 14. Now, I met this girl, Joanne Yukimura. I can mention I can mention that name because, you know, she's very famous. And she became the mayor of the island of Kauai. Now, you can Google her, Joanne Yukimura. And she believed in the stuff that I believe. My core values and her core values were the same. And I was only 14. I was in the Protect Kahola Veohana we was like, <laughs> We was protecting the. We, we did not like the fact that American jets, or any jets for that matter, would go and bomb Koholawe. And the Navy was using Koholawe as target practice, and we thought it was wrong. I still think it's wrong, you know. I, I think bombing down in Makua, where they're bombing now on the island of Oahu, I, you know, using that, that place for uh, target practice, I, I think that's wrong too. But anyway, we had the same core values. So I got to know her. Then I started campaigning with her. You know, I started going door to door with my guitar, right? And she was handing out her pamphlets and talking to people. And I would be there and I would play one song, right? You know, and whatever. And I thought she was cute. I thought she was cute at the time. And, um, but I was 14, right? (laughs) But you know when you're 14, you you like Chanson. You know know what I mean? You like Chanson, right? You're 14. She's like, I think she was like 22, 23, something like that. Right? I was fourteen. I was like, bro, <laughs> let's 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 go for the big 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 game. You know what I mean? But but now nah, I was I was like I was like now. Nah. But I thought she was cute. So so anything she wanted, I just okay yeah yeah <laughs> Can you come play for my rally? I'm like, oh yeah, Drian. guarantee you're gonna be there. right? The like, mom, uh, you can drive me down because <laughs> I was fourteen, right? Like. Oh, uh, Ma, you can drive me down the guy okay? I got to play for John. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And my mom did was not in alignment with my core values. My mom did not um, approve of the conservation thingy, right? And and I don't know. She, she just, she thought we was radical. And my mom is not radical. My mom is balanced. <laughs> my mom is a balanced person, okay? Us guys, it was like... Yeah, we like, we like shoot down the jets (laughs) Like, like, you know, the bombing go alive What? We like shoot down the jets Where you, bro, you get your 12 gauge? can you reach or (laughs) what? You know, it was like that, right? So anyway, so my mom, you know, was I had to kind of deal with my mom in that area But I used to go in and perform at her rallies when I was 14 Then I met this other guy His name was Richard Kawakami A politician as well And he he was a, a representative and so, I used to go campaign for him, too. So, pretty soon, like, I was the kid that was going around with these politicians singing, you know, door to door in the neighborhood, right? And, and getting votes for these guys or trying to help them with the campaign kind of thing, right? And so, so, that's what I did for a little while. So, it was kind of a cool experience and it was kind of different because nobody in my school did that, right? I was the only guy doing them. So, I was like, okay. Then, I wrote a jingle, my very first jingle. My first jingle was for Joanne Yukimura. Now I would play them for you guys, but that's a, not a podcast, all right <laughs> That's a, not a podcast. But but anyway, so so I wrote the jingle. And we had to go all the way across the island, okay, at night. In and I remember in this guy's Volkswagen thing. You guys can Google that. It's called a Volkswagen thing. It's like a convertible kind of thing. And that you know, but the top was the top was on because it was cold. And I, I remember it was cool, and I was keeping you know Joanne warm in the back seat. I had my arm around her, and I, I was like, I was like, bro, like a big dog. That <laughs> was probably was You know what I mean? And anyway, so so we went, and we went, and we went to the radio station, and that actually led. To, to me getting into radio Because the guy over there Gave me a radio show That led to my own radio show But that's another podcast wise. So I did the jingle Went down Recorded the jingle Went home it, it played all over the island of Kauai And it played for the whole campaign For months It just played Like all, all the time They ran them in between the you know the regular ads, right? That that she was talking and whatever, and then the jingle was there, and then we had some ads where she was talking and my guitar was playing in the background. Now for a fourteen-year-old kid, right, to have stuff going on like that, and and, and but I was he better was going on the radio. I was like, whoa, and you know, I never tell my friends like, hey, bro, you know what? Uh, yeah. But they knew, they knew already. They could tell, right? They go, hey, bro, wait, it's you uh, on the radio. You did the song. For, for giant and I was like yeah 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 so so that was a head trip for me right then I didn't write any jingles because there was nobody to write jingles for and I didn't have any ambition to write jingles so life goes on okay now I'm 19 years old okay 19 I've been hanging out with Hawaii's greatest star for a while right at 17 and you guys know a lot of stories from that that I tell on the podcast. And, you know, and then, then Chinatown and a lot of heavy duties, <laughs> a lot of heavy duty guys, right? And and so, so I get this idea that hey, you know what? I want to get into some kind of thing where I can do jingles, and I forget what it was that that really inspired me to try, but I wrote uh I wrote uh my first jingle, official jingle that I got paid for, was for the United Public Workers Union UPW. And I still have it on, on cassette tape somewhere. I got to uh, dub them down or whatever. But but it's there. And we did UPW's Jingle. It was a long thing because I worked for this guy. Um, uh, I think I can say his name. Tom Kaufman. Tom Kaufman Multimedia. And he was, he was the nicest guy. He was so patient with me. I was a young kid. I was learning. And so I was doing audio production. So I would cut tape, edit tape, whatever. And one day... He was, you know, I, I told him I play guitar, and he goes, you know, it would be cool if you did a jingle. And, and I think that's, that's the, I think the beginning was something like that. And I said, yeah, Tom, I can, I can totally bring my guitar and jam, you know, because I wanted to be an entertainer, right? I thought, hey, that's a good thing to do. So, so that happened. So I did UPW. Then there, a few years went by, and I started, you know, writing jingles, Right. And so I did a few jingles. I did just a few, a handful. Well, okay, fast forward now. So you go through the, through the years, and we start a production company because I started getting good at this. So we started a production company when I was working. Uh, it, this was back in the 90s. And um, in 1990, we moved in this house. I built a recording studio. I was working at another radio station. I was doing production during the day. I was coming home working all night it was it was crazy and um you know but but that's the thing i'm good at i'm good at being a workhorse i'm good at putting my head down and boom 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 work 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 and and that's you know that's one of my i don't know my things so so i we did that and and brother wayne was the same way so he would work 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 and and my fiance, you know she was like I don't know, should fall asleep at night and, and stuff, but that's another podcast. <laughs> so, we would work, work, work. So, pretty soon, I started doing voiceovers, jingles, whatever. So, we started a production company. Now, fast forward, I met this guy, and I'm going to say his name, okay? Because he's still out there working, and, you know, you never retire yet. And so, bruh, I am so grateful to this guy, okay? This guy worked at this, this new station group, right? because I got tired of this other group and I just, you know, I said aloha, I gave everybody lays and I was out the door. I was like, nah, nah, done already. And and um, I got to this new station group and, you know, the the first piece of advice that I got from, from the boss, because we had a big meeting, and the first piece of advice that we all received was make yourselves valuable. You got to make yourselves valuable. You guys got to add value to the company add value to the radio station, then you don't need to worry about your job. Because everybody was like, oh yeah, okay, we're here now, but what about, you know, because radio stations are like that. The turnover is, is great, okay? Because when a new production director gets in there, he'll wipe everybody clean and fire everybody and he'll bring in all his friends. And that's the way it works. It's political, okay? Back to the politics, right? Okay, so I started, you know, doing stuff and trying figuring out okay what can I do what can I do. So voiceovers, you know, I didn't want to do uh, production anymore because to me I I don't know. I got shafted by the other radio station a little bit small kind and you know the, the mind games was a little bit too heavy for me and I just I just didn't I lost my taste for that. So I didn't want to do production anymore. After I left that station I never did production anymore. And, I, you know, I still care. And, I mean, you know, I can do any kind. But I just lost the, the feel for it. And I'm like that. I'm the kind of guy, I like, if something goes wrong or, like, something, you know, uh, whatever. Something goes bad, whatever. Like, like I'm like, ah, frick, I'm ready. And I, I don't like doing. So, so that that's why I was like that. and I'm, eh, I'm not going to do that. So, the next thing was I told this guy in the office because we made an agreement. A written agreement, we started contracting with the sales department to do events. To go and sing at events because I figured, hey, we could do that. Because I, I wanted to, you know, do my music. I wanted to do music. And so I was always looking for a way to do my music, right? So I talked to the guy, this guy, he was a man, he was a manager, he was he was manager level. And he goes, Yeah, he goes, we can we can do that. He could and, and I said, you know, I can I can do voices, I can do this, I can I can write jingles, I can stand on my head in a corner, I can you <laughs> know like all this guy's stuff. He goes, Oh, okay, then you know what? He goes, he goes, write me a jingle for this. So so he would so the process would be like this. He would say, Hey, you know what, we we're, we're talking to XYZ car dealership. Okay, go go write one write one jingle for that. And write one jingle for them. And give me the jingle, I'll take the jingle and I'll try to sell them. So I would go home, right? Or to the office, actually. I would go to the office, and I would write the jingle on my guitar at my desk or in the studio, right? We had a teaching studio in, in the voice school, and the voice school was in the office. See, a lot of people think the, the, the office was the voice school. No, no. We had the voice school located in the office. The office was separate. The office, we was doing a lot of stuff. So so, we went, so, so I would go and write the jingle, Okay, Wayne would lay down the tracks in the laptop. Okay. And then we would produce the jingle right there. I would sing them right there and produce them, right? Okay. Then what would happen is we used to sit on the jingles. Okay, because if we turn over the jingle, like I could write the jingle in five minutes. It's a 30-second song. Oings. You know what I'm saying? 30 seconds, right? And so, and we did some 60-second ones too. You know, and I did some at other radio stations in the past, right? Like, but just a handful, like I said, over the years. But now we're over here at this, so so I go, okay, well, you know, well, yeah, you know, we got to sit on them because if we start turning over jingles, guess what's going to happen? We start turning over jingles, it's going to be expected of us, right? And that's what you got to do too, Hawaiians. You know, when when you do stuff, especially if you go and knack for something, or you got talent for something. I don't care if it's wood carving or doing jingles or music or whatever it is. You cannot just floorboard and give everybody everything. You see what I'm saying? Because they're going to start expecting it. They're going to they're gonna be like, oh, wow. <laughs> he can do them in five minutes. Let's order ten of them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we made them wait. We made them wait. We made them wait like two weeks. And there was was a point where we started making them wait one week. But we made them wait two weeks. We finished the jingle. Everything was done. And it was killing us. It was killing us because we wanted to hear them on the radio. I mean, for us, it was was just like that. Nobody knew it was us. Nobody, I mean, you know, nobody would listen to the radio and go, hey, it's Junior. I mean, you know. But but for us, right, we, we was like, we can't wait to get it. It was killing us. But we sat on them. That's what you call sitting on them, right? We sat on them. So we would sit on them for two weeks, and then we would turn them in, right? Now, sometimes for the demo, I would turn around the demo in, in like, one day. So so the demo would just be me and the guitar, and I would sing the jingle onto the tape, right? Or the, the sound file, actually, right? was recording into computers. And then I would email the file. Okay, now, he would take the thing, and he would show it to the client, or he would approve it, or he would change it. And so that was the process. The process was like, dude, we need a jingle for blah, blah, blah. And he would send it to me and I would pound it out. I would send it back to him. He would send it back. He goes, no, we need to put more emphasis on the phone number or whatever. So like one of them, right, was all about the phone number. I kept singing about the phone number over and over. One of them was the address because this car dealership would move and it was under the viaduct, right, the airport viaduct over here in Oahu. Uh, we have a viaduct by our airport for those of you out of town, and and so they wanted to put emphasis on the address, so that's what we did, and we sang the address over and over and over, right? So what we would do is we would get details about the business. So pretty soon, I started making the sales calls, right? Not not the the sales calls, but I used to go out to the client. And, and sit down with the client, you know, and go, oh, okay, what's your business about, whatever. And they was, oh, with this, that, what do you sell? Oh, we sell this, we sell that. Okay, what would you want to push the most? Oh, well, we want to push our skateboards. <laughs> okay, skateboards, so that's going to be in the jingle, right? And then, and then, so they would tell me, you know, I went to this place. They're no longer in business, so I can say their name, Mauka Tumakai, right? Mauka Tumakai, and I went down and met with the owner, nice brother, and local people, you know, and I went down. And so I said, "Okay, brother, what would you guys do?" And he told me what they did, right? And so, so I, so I thought, "Wow, this matches like more reggae feel." So I wrote a reggae style jingle, right? And I'm not a reggae musician. I, I'm, I don't even play reggae the right way. the The vibe is all wrong <laughs> when I play them. But, but Wayne could play them, right? So we went down, and you know, and I. all of this We, we 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 went through the whole thing and i took my notes i was just taking my notes on my phone that's all i did and i took pictures and i took notes and i talked to the guy it took me like maybe 15 minutes to talk to the guy and then i left right and i went back and i thought okay wait now i was singing on a lot of the jingles because the jingles didn't all air at the same time right so you know sometimes i would have like one jingle and it would last for a couple of weeks. Advertisers normally advertise like two weeks or they do like a long schedule. So I would have a jingle on the radio, maybe, maybe one month, and then it would expire. And then you know I would write for another company. So it's not it's not like I would be singing two or three jingles all at the same time on a radio. And they had seven radio stations. So they would put it like so. I was all over town with some of my jingles, right? And so, just so this thing, you know, this thing kind of went on and on, and I, I did a lot of this stuff, and so, so pretty soon, you know, for this one, right, the Malka to Makai, I was like, ah, tired already. You know, I, I want to help my boy Sammy, and my boy Sammy, uh, he, he's my producer, Sam Jam Spencer. I can't mention his name because he don't care. He's like me. He don't care. <laughs> and and so Sammy. Um, Sammy, you know, wanted to sing too, right? So I put him on my show, and I trained him, everything. And uh, Wayne trained him. We both trained him. He was on my show. Then he became my producer. And uh, he also became uh, like a brother to me. I mean, like a real, like full-blown brother. Us guys, we're really close. So so I, so, I said, you know what? i I go, I go put Sammy on the gym. I said, Sammy, come on. So call him up. He came down, right? We recorded Sammy, put him on the lead vocal. And I sang background. Now, at the time we did this, right, my popularity was like through the roof. I was, I was at the all-time high of, of popularity, whatever. Everybody knew my name. They saw me on TV. They saw me all over the place. And so Sammy uh, did the lead voice. And here I was doing the background voice, right? It was really cool because, cause like, I was doing the background voice and I was the celebrity and, and Sammy was just, you know, he was my producer and, and some people started to know who he was because he was on my show and he was on the lead. So that was really cool for me. I, I really um, I really loved doing that, you know. I love helping people. I love doing things for people like that. So Sammy was doing the lead and, and I did the engineering and, you know, everything. And then, boom, it hit the radio and it ran for a while, Right. And Samuel was all happy, his friends, his family Everybody was tuning in, they all heard the jingle, you know It was on the biggest radio stations in town So so this kept going, kept going, kept going Now meanwhile, right I had never seen the TV show Two and a Half Men Because I didn't watch TV, right Because I lived with a blind man and, and not just that But every available time I had When I wasn't working or I wasn't sleeping Because I was dog tired, right I was playing music with Brother Wayne, because music was my thing, and I was working at being uh, a good performer, right, that that was my goal, just being a good performer, you know, not to be the best, I wasn't trying to be the best or anything like that, but just be a good performer and do variety, like, do a little bit of everything, you know, and that's that's where my focus was, so in between that, right, um, there were, there was, you know, there was times where, Chicks was in and out. We sometimes we put a revolving door on top. There, you know. So hey, who's this? You know, we, Wayne was meeting like new chicks every week, and and you know I was dating these girls, and these girls are fun. I met some really really good girls, you know. And then pretty soon, you know, one of them would tell me, oh, you know, I oh, I met this guy and whatever. And it's all baby, I'm happy for you, you know. And and they went on their way and you know like that. And that's what guys gotta get you the head. Okay, but that's another podcast. You gotta, you gotta just enjoy women when they're there, cause they're gonna come and they're gonna go, and when they go, you gotta be happy for them, right? So always happy, you know, it's happy for them and everything. And so meanwhile, all this stuff is happening. Jingles coming in. We're getting orders for jingles like like every other week, sometimes only once a month or whatever, but jingles coming in. So it's always about writing the new jingle, get a new idea for the new jingle. Then we started writing them in every style. We did a country jingle. We did a, a pop jingle. We did all kinds. We had this one, Car Quest. Car Quest is the best. We did even Sinatra style. We did like all this stuff. And we did fully orchestrated stuff. And, and I mean, horns and, and everything. It sounded like an orchestra doing the, the commercial, right? And it sounded like we made it in the mainland, okay? And so people thought that this thing was being done in one huge recording studio. No, it was being done in my laptop. I mean, you know, I had, I had on Mac, right? So we did them in GarageBand. Now, you know, I'm telling you guys this so that you guys know that you don't need a recording studio, okay? You need some knowledge to learn how to engineer. You need some knowledge, some technical knowledge. Yeah, you need that, okay? But you can do your own, Hawaiians, okay? You can do your own, okay? And we we had a small studio and stuff, you know, so we did them all there. Now, that kind of ran into a, a problem at one point, okay? And I'll tell you. Now... You know how a magician, right, never shows his trick? He never lets anybody behind the curtain, right? Because otherwise, right, if word gets around, right, and everybody knows the trick, right? Ah, oh, that's, that's bullshit, you know, whatever, right? Okay, so this guy, there was this guy who will remain nameless, and he's a friend till today, okay? But he owned a big company, and it was a 50-year anniversary for his company, Okay, so, and he knows that I knew Hawaii's greatest star, right? And he knew him, okay? And he, he's older than me, so he, you know, he, he went to the, like, the early shows before I even knew that guy, right? Okay, and, uh, well, I can mention his name. I'm talking about Don Ho, but, but yeah, for you guys in Hawaii, there's only a few people in Hawaii listen to us, but, yeah, for you five guys, okay, Don Ho, there you go. And so, but he knew Don Ho, right? And, and so he used to go hang out and, and watch Don Ho show all the time. And, and so this company that, that his dad built was huge. Okay. And I got him, I got him into Walgreens, you know, I, I, all this stuff. And cause we were, we were, uh, Walgreens consultants. I still are. We still have a contract with them. And so we, you know, I'm doing all this stuff. So, so he decides, right. That he wants to sing his jingle because I, I did the jingle and it was running on the radio. And one day, I get a call, right? And this guy is, is a very wealthy man. And his company is, is a very big company. So I get a call from the guy that, you know, the guy that, that orders the jingles, right? This manager guy that I know. And, um, and if it wasn't for him, none of this would happen. He had the creativity. He knew how to use us. See, sometimes, I mean, the majority of people are not creative. <clears throat> but when you have a creative person, right, they, you know, it takes one to know one, right? They know, they know creative people and they can vibe with you on the creative level. And so he could vibe with us on the creative level. That's how this stuff happened. So he calls me up and he goes, hey, you know what? Um, so-and-so wants to sing his jingle. And I'm like, really? I, I've known him for a few years now. I never know he sang, right? Okay. So so he goes, "Oh well, he yeah he, he I guess he does he, he wants to try it. Can you just kind of humor him and can, can, can you can you just have him come over and see if it works?" And I'm like, okay, hmm I'll have him come over all right that was that was my mistake. see, my mistake was, okay, and I 'll tell you why my mistake was having him come over to my place, okay, and I had the laptop right there, right because everything's digital, the sound quality was was excellent it was like a recording studio it was just in my laptop when you go to the recording studio the software is there the mic's there we had a very expensive mic right so so we got, i think our mic was like twelve hundred dollars right the studio is about forty five hundred dollar mics but they sound good and and it's all digital so there's no real big quality difference okay the only difference is the experience right so so he's thinking he's gonna come down and we have a studio. He heard we had a studio. So, you know, it's a teaching studio. It's not a recording studio. But, okay, across the street, we contracted this big recording studio for all our recording projects. So, so the people that we produce, right, and we still do it at afmhawaiimusic.com. Okay, um, and just just go to the website and you'll see the studio, AFM Hawaii, uh, uh, afmhawaiimusic.com. Anyway, that's a small... Cheap plug right there But anyway So so we had him come down To the office Big mistake When he saw the laptop Right It diminished the quality Of everything in his mind Because in his mind It's like What? You're doing him In a laptop? In his mind Was this rinky dink thing Right And I didn't think That it would be Such a big deal Right Because what I should have done Was I should have paid For the You know Because th- this was an account This was an account For me Right I should have gone across the street, reserved the time, taken him to the big fancy million dollar recording studio, paid the 85 bucks an hour, right? And then, and, and record him over there. I should have done it over there. I should have spent the extra couple hundred bucks, whatever, right? Um, but I didn't. (laughs) That was a good lesson for me. And that's why I'm mentioning it on the podcast. So you guys who are interested in that kind of stuff, you guys know. Okay. Don't scrimp on the details. Okay, we weren't really scrimping, but we just never thought, right? We thought, oh, we're just going to bring them over and yeah, this is how we do. Right there, boom. And it's going on the radio. And it went on the radio. And it was perfect on the radio. The quality was perfect, right? So he comes in and we record the thing. And then, okay, but after that, right, in his mind, okay, the legitimacy of us went went right into the gutter. I can tell you. and And because, right, like, who does that? Who records in their laptop? Okay, well, I'm sure you know. A lot of people do. A lot of people record right in their laptop, right? But in those days, now we talking, we talking back in the early 2000s, right? In in those days, yeah, was this small kind new to people, right? And when he came in, he saw set up, yeah. But anyway, so so the jingles kept coming. We kept writing jingles. One day, I was or evening. I was I was with this chick. She came over the house, right? And um, I decided to turn on TV show. And I'm turning on this TV show. And she's with me. And So I had the TV mounted up on the wall, in the corner of the wall. I had the TV mounted. So it was mounted right over my bed in my room. And because I worked on the radio earlier in the morning, right, early, early, I used to black out my bedroom. So my bedroom was pitch dark, you could go to my bedroom at 10 o'clock in the morning. It was pitch dark, right? And so I blocked out my my whole room. I had the TV up in the corner, the air conditioner, everything, right? So it's cold, dark, and then TV. and you know? bro was perfect. And we was vibing everything. And she goes, oh, we'll see what's on TV. I'm like, hmm, okay, baby. And we turned on the TV. And I hear this, men, 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 men. And then I, and I look, and it this is... Charlie Sheen right and I'm like oh and I, I never heard of Charlie Sheen right because I, I don't watch TV and then I saw his shirts right and the shirts he was wearing was the same shirts like I see some, some of these guys that I know that they was wearing and then I go oh that's where they got the, the trend the idea for that kind of shirts right and so I started watching this thing and I'm like wait a minute okay <laughs> there's a couple of differences with this guy but the majority of stuff was like life imitating art. It's like I was looking at my life. I was I was looking at this guy who writes jingles for a living, right? And then he had drama with these chicks or whatever, right? The different chicks, right? And then he had this brother who was like the logical guy, the common sense guy, the guy who was trying to ground him, guy, right? And, and for me in my life, that was Brother Wayne, right? Because you cannot talk to your chicks about this kind of stuff, right? And, and then so so the, the thing was, like, I was looking at, at life imitating art. And, and I was looking at him. I go, whoa, brah, that's me, okay? Now, fast forward, you know, it, it continued. I never really, I watched, I think I watched the show a couple of times after that, and that was it. But, but it was so funny to see something, you know, like I was watching, it was almost like I was watching a version of myself on this TV show. And then I realized, I'm like, whoa, I'm the real life Charlie from Two and a Half Men. Whoo, how's that one, Hawaiians? How's that one, right? And I was like, wow, the only thing was, he was acting. He was doing on TV show. I was doing them in real life. And I was like, yeah. So, you know, but that was that was a goal that I set when I was like, you know, 11, 12 years old. When I was watching Mac Davis on TV, I go, yeah, I like makeup stuff on the spot. Okay. But that's not where it ends. How I know you guys are asking, well, does the law of attraction have to do with this? what you focus on materializes in your life lines, okay? And and yeah, you can think about them, you can think about, you know, for a while there I practiced practice practice, right? So it went in my it went in my subconscious. Subconscious learns your repetition. Then your actions, right? The actions, your paradigm. So I started writing music, started writing stuff and started you know, and it kind of went from there. Then after I saw two and a half men, I realized, wow, bro, that's you right there. That's what you do. That's, that's, you know, you've been doing this in real life. And so, so that's the law of attraction part, okay? But that's not where it ends. So, what happened after that was I had this knack of, of doing this thing, this jingle thing so much that I did them on, on the radio. Now, I used to call them heart songs. Like when I was at home, I used to call them heart songs because I just do them from my heart and I just do them, boom, throw them down, right? So, I used to call them heart songs. On the radio we did this, we started doing this when I went on the radio. When I first got put on the radio, right? And people would call up and and so so the guy, the lead guy in the show, used to say, Alright, call up now and Junior we're gonna sing one song for you and you know, a song with your name inside. And you know, people love the name, right? Okay, girls girls love the name, right? So this girl call up and you know, her name's Roxanne and I would sing. And this other girl call up and you know, and her name was I don't know Jane, <laughs> right? And I would, and I would rhyme with the name. Sometimes it wouldn't be the name. Sometimes I would do the name and then one, one, one uh, phrase, and then rhyme the phrase and and whatever. But I did this, you know. I used to do these live on the radio, and and there there are some that are up on on uh, YouTube that you can Google. So I started doing this stuff right on the radio. And and the guys all got a kick out of it. They go, wow! They, they they got a kick of me doing that. So they always used to have me do them, and so I, I did them quite a bit, right? Then one day, this idea came to me, right? You know what? If I did this, right, I could do singing telegrams. I could show up. So so this was this wasn't all my idea. This was part of this other guy's idea. The guy who put me on a radio, okay. And um I don't want to mention his name too often on my podcast because he's actually still out there on the radio working and I, I don't want any uh, conflict of interest, <laughs> okay? But but he helped me more than anybody in my whole life. And so me and him kind of came to the conclusion like bro, you know, you could actually go do this kind, of, you know, singing telegram blah. And I kicked it around in my head. Pretty soon I came up with the name Jamagram. And Jamagram is a registered name. A registered trade name in Hawaii. So if anybody used that name, you know my attorney would call them up and go, yeah, uh, you, you know uh, you cannot use that name it's registered. <laughs> but anyway, that, but that's not why we did them. We did them we did them from a heart and so I did them for Valentine's. And I told you guys the Valentine's story already, right? We just checked out a podcast, Jamograms, right when I, when I invented jamograms. That's how jamagrams was born. And then it kind of went from there. And then every Valentine's Day, we... Bruh, we was... So, so the, the joke in my house, right? Because it was me, Wayne, Miley, right? In my house. And then whoever was with me at the time, my girlfriends, whatever. The joke in the house was all other men had to spend money on valentines and i made money on valentines right cuz i monetized valentines day like you wouldn't believe Hawaiians. bro so so some valentines day right i mean some of, some of the guys i knew dropped like like hundreds for hundreds hundreds bro going out you know 700 dollar dinner flowers everything right you know the whole nine and you know, I would I would come back with like I don't know twenty eight hundred dollars sometimes thirty five hundred dollars you know on, on a on old day, cause the brothers would be like, bro, you know what oh, I forgot, but Junior, you can you can go to kind of and yeah, bro, I'll meet you where you stay Oh, I stay Merchant Street, but shoots, I pull by Merchant Street, but I would come up and put two Benjis in my hand, two hundred dollar bills in my hand, yeah, bro, take care, and the brothers knew that I would come through for them. They they knew I would come through every time and they trusted me, right? And bro, the last thing I'm going to do is let down the brothers. You know what I'm saying? So and the brothers is the guys that put me up there. The local boys in Hawaii. Just for, for you guys for reference. The local boys put me where I was. You know. So local boys were the guys that 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 pushed me and 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 got me there that told their wives, "Hey, you know, what, you got to get Junior for the baby party. Hey, you know, what? you got to get Junior for the wedding." The, it's the local boys. The brothers, so I always put the brothers first, always take care of brothers. Right? Brothers put a couple bills in my hand and boom, I went down, I bought some flowers, I you know, went down and sang the song, everything. And and they're all on they're all on YouTube. Go on YouTube and just just search Jamagram, Junior Cake Whoever Jr. And you'll see a bunch of them. They'll pop up. Not not all the Jamagrams of course, but we started filming uh, we started filming We added that to the package To film it So they could have it forever And some of them Uploaded to YouTube And then we have some And then we're uploading uh, Some to YouTube I, I think there's a few We still gotta go But anyway Hawaiians Bruh That's the story Of how I was two and a half men The real life Charlie From two and a half men brah, No I wasn't two and a half men I was the real life Charlie From two and a half men But bruh That was unreal Cause I, I, I just I seen him I go bruh that's my life. Of course, there were some chicks on there that a little bit hotter than mine. Cause uh, Whoa, 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 sorry. Sorry, I went, Uh, Well, that was because that was Hollywood, but They're all perfect over there. You know that. Right? And hey, you know something, bro? I'll tell you. This is not a podcast, but I'm going to tell you. Sometimes you get the perfect-looking ones, and the inside is empty. <laughs> oh, all right. All right. Hey, we like to thank our sponsors. Our sponsors have nothing to do with the content, okay? <laughs> They're just our sponsors. Island Club and Spa, Brother Andy, Sister Jerry. Mahalo, mahalo, mahalo. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And Voicemaster Family of Service Companies. Also, afmhawaiimusic.com. That's the studio. You can check the studio where we record. Bugger is right there. You can check them out online. Ah, right, until next time, I'm Junior Kegueva Jr. saying mahalo and aloha.